Hello, beautiful human. Thanks for letting us into your ears today. We are about to catch up with Alessia Cara. She has a brand new era of music starting right now. Two records to discuss with her. One, Shapeshifter. Two, Sweet Dreams. I am just really excited. I am obsessed with this human, so let's get to it. Please subscribe to our podcast, share it with those you care about, and yeah, thanks for uh, joining the convo. Here we go. Hello, beautiful human. Uh, I'm Zach, that's Dan, and we welcome virtually to the show for the first time ever virtually, Alessia Carr. Hey. Yeah, hey. How's it going? You still maintain that energy, you know? I'm like always afraid that like when I get to know somebody for being on our show in person, and you've been on our show, I think it's like three times now, and you're always incredible, such a treat. Uh, You know, there's always a fear that the screen is going to make things hit a little bit differently. But uh, I feel the vibe, dude. I feel the energy. Thank you. That's good. I'm trying to to send it off to you guys, so I'm glad you're receiving. (laughs) It's hitting me. It's hitting me. Uh, Do you actually light a patchouli candle? Like, is that in your repertoire of things to calm down and find peace? Um, Yes. Well, I have have the oil. I don't have it in a candle. I have a lavender candle, but lavender, like the syllable didn't go in the line of the song. Got it. So I changed it to patchouli candle, but I do have oil, like uh, essential oil. Um, It's supposed to be really relaxing for you, like the patchouli oil. So I do have that. You have it. Mm Mm-hmm. By the way, Alessia Carr is here to talk about a brand new era of music. Sweet Dream is the record I just mentioned. Yeah. We are starting a new a new chapter, a new story. What is it to you? Um, yeah, I'd say it's a new a new chapter. Yeah, totally. A new era, if you will, of me and my music. I, I was like lucky enough to be creative during this pandemic year. So I, I made a whole project and this is the first introduction to the whole body of work. Did we write this whole thing alone, just like Growing Pains? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, I wrote all the lyrics myself what? and melodies. Um, yeah, I didn't produce it all myself. I have, you know, producers yeah. who are wonderful, but I wrote everything myself. Why is that important to you still? Um, I think just because, I don't know, like the more like deep into my mind I get and the more, you know, I grow as an adult and as a woman, I feel like the more honest my songs are becoming. And I feel like the only person who can really... Um, tell my story 100% truthfully is me, Um, especially like the more hard hitting subjects. It's really hard for me to open up to somebody and just be like, this is what I'm going through. Like, let's write about it together. Like, I'm I'm a very shy writer, even if I'm writing a song in the studio, like I don't show anyone until it's done, because I'm just like, I'm just very to myself. It's it's, it's hard for me to like, be open, you know, so I feel like, um, I don't know, I just prefer it that way. And uh, yeah, I don't know, I, I feel like it's nice that my fans know that my songs are coming from me and my my lyrics are my own you know you know every time we talk about artists who write their own music i bring you up without mm. fail yes, he does and i talk about you in a bathtub writing your own records um <laughs> because it, it is it's so unique i mean the truth is like writing for the most part at at, at large has turned into a very collaborative process mm-hmm. and very rarely do you sit down to write something and finish it in that moment. You know, it touches so many different people and there's a lot of, you you never know who's in the room. I mean, it's, it's very rarely a one-on-one personal process, but Mm -hmm. you've never let go of that. But like, would you say here era music was done the same way? No. Right. Um, here, well that one, 
I only had one collaborator, so I, I didn't have like a group of people working with me, but I did make all the songs with this guy named Sebastian Cole, who's, who's wonderful and like such a talented writer. Um, and we did all of that, just us two. Um, but yeah, like The Pains of Growing was the first time I decided to just do everything by myself, just because I felt like, I don't know, like it was a good challenge for me. And also I just wanted to be as open as possible. And I, I just want my fans to know that like, it's not a thousand other people's like in a, people in a factory like writing these songs for me. Like I want them to know that my words are mine and they're getting my thoughts the way that I intended them to be said, you know? Um, and that's like no disrespect to anyone who who is collaborative. I, I mean, I collaborate with producers and it's wonderful to collaborate, of course, but personally, just for me. And also I use therapy, I, I use it as like a form of therapy almost. And like, it's a way for me to purge my emotions. And so if, if it doesn't come from me, it doesn't really help me like deal with the, the problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, it needs to come from you and kind of finish with you essentially. Yeah, totally. Has what you want out of a song changed over the years now that it is more personal? Because, I mean, after here, you had, I mean, I, I'm looking at a plaque, two plaques of yours, uh, the the 1-800 song and then Scars to Your Beautiful. I mean, a lot of crazy hits, a lot of insane mm -hmm. culture shaping, culture defining records. Mm -hmm. Are your expectations for songs differently now, uh, different now that it's, I don't know, it's it's really just you? Like what you want out of a song or what you want it to do in the world? Um, I feel like not not necessarily only because I don't think that um, my intentions were ever to do anything other than just vent or like say whatever was on my mind. Like I I made those songs with Sebastian like when I was still in high school. I, I didn't even I wasn't signed. We were just making songs. So there was no expectation there. And I feel like if anything, like maybe, you know, the, the team or my label's expectation has changed because now they've seen what it could be. But yeah. my intention when I go in to write music is always the same. Like I I know a lot of artists are like, oh I don't care, you know, but I genuinely don't. Like I really just use it as a way to like purge my, my feelings and get them out of my system. And then I think they get repurposed once they're written and then they're for other people. But I just kind of do it because I, I need to. Like, it's my way of, like, expressing myself. I'm not very good with words otherwise, like, believe it or not. I don't I, – I'm, I'm, it's hard for me to express myself fully when I'm just talking, you know? It's weird. How do you know if the songs are good? Like, you create this whole project by yourself. You're at home. How do you know it's a good project? That's a good question. It's hard for me to tell. I, I think I just kind of ask the people I trust around me because after a while I sort of lose perspective on it. Like at first I feel like I kind of know if a song is good, like if I find myself singing it or if it kind of sticks. I feel like if songs are too difficult to write and I'm trying to fit something in that doesn't work, I feel like it doesn't make sense. But if a song feels smooth and natural, then I'm like, okay, this is supposed to be a thing. And then I usually play it for like my parents or brother or best friend and um, you know, the close people around me. And if they're like, if they want to hear it again, then I'm like, okay, cool. Cause they represent, you know, the fans in a way. So I try to use them as my, uh, you know, my, what is it like dummies, I guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Your, your focus group. So yeah, my focus, your group. guinea pigs. Yes. My guinea pigs. Yes. That's a better word. <laughs> all, all ridiculous titles to give those you love. Uh, yeah. Literally the worst things ever to call them yeah, don't... In, in the best way. I mean it in the best way. They're, they are my, I don't even know. Yeah. Focus group sounds, sounds the nicest. So is, they, I trust them so much. So is every song that you're creating a message that you meant to say or, or something you meant to share with someone? Um, a lot of the time, or even like saying something out loud that I never really said to myself, even like a lot of the songs on this next 
project are like extremely open kind of scary and I don't think I'd ever said those things out loud until I like sang them out loud and then when I look at the song as a whole it's kind of like a mirror back to me where I'm like oh like I didn't know that that sorry I didn't know that I was like feeling this way but it makes sense you know it's like a way to process things for me like when I see it on paper it becomes real and then I'm able to like get over it you know so I don't when, know if that makes sense no it does when you're writing are you singing it back to make sure it makes sense or like what do you like what is the process like as you're actually like flowing like is it just stream of consciousness kind of yeah there's like tons I have a thousand voice notes on my phone of like me writing the songs on this album and past albums and it's so like the first voice notes like where I'm, I first start writing the song like if they ever leak I, I sound like I'm speaking in tugs like I sound like insane because I'm just mumbling and like make like I'm not even saying words I'm just like spewing out sounds that make no sense and it, it's so strange but that's just how I do it I sing it out loud and then it fits eventually into words and proper melody but I can't just like do it in my head like I have to sing it out to see if it feels right so where'd you lock yourself for this album? Where'd you where, like, because I'm assuming there's other people in the house because everybody's yeah. <laughs> been locked inside. So like, where do you go for privacy and peace? Um, I, same thing. Like I kind of still do the bathtub thing. Got it. Um, yeah, that, that hasn't changed. Um, or like, I mean, I, I got an apartment now, so Mazel I was down. able to sneak over there and like, just be totally alone, which is awesome. Cause I can sing as loud as I want and nobody hears me. Um, so that's pretty cool. I, I kind of just have done that over the pandemic. I haven't really been in studios much until like the recording process. I rarely, you know, wrote anywhere else other than like home and sometimes studio, but there's nowhere else to go. And that's your first apartment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My first time living alone. It's very weird. Is it you and Liv or just you? Uh, just me. It's basically me and Liv because she comes over all the time. I always make her come over because <laughs> especially last year I was so anxious all the time. Yeah. Duh. I was like, I need, I can't stay by myself. I'm too freaked out. So she was nice enough to come hang with me. Yeah, that's um, a lot of firsts. Like in one, uh, you know, first panorama, first apartment. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Yeah, it was a big year to say the least. But um, yeah, it's technically by myself. I got a dog now, so she hangs with me too. Oh, I don't cool. feel too alone. Uh, see, you know, living a dog. Come on. Yeah, that's all you need. You just need living a dog. <laughs> the best things in the world. Would this project have happened without the pandemic, you think? Um, I I'm not sure I'm sure a project, a project would have happened. I don't know that it would have been this one. Um, and I, I say that because I don't think I would have had the time to actually heal from the stuff I was going through or like hit the rock bottom that I hit had I not been so still. Um, because I, I went through a lot of stuff. Um, so I don't know if I would have had the time to even process it if I was like, go, go, go. I think I went through it because I was so still, you know, I feel like a lot of us kind of had to sit in our own stuff and like hash some things out with ourselves. So, um, yeah, maybe a project would have happened, but definitely not this one. So how long is what you're processing and unpacking? Like how long ago did you go through this stuff? Um, I would say like top uh well I, yeah top of 2020 like around january um i started feeling i remember i had this like vivid moment um it was new year's eve 2020 so pre-pandemic and i was having a little gathering slash housewarming party um at my apartment with like a lot of my close friends and um my cousin flew in from italy for the first time it was like such a fun thing on paper and in theory it was like should have been such an amazing time and i remember like having to go to the bathroom and like I was just sitting on the bathroom floor crying because I thought like, what am I celebrating? If like, why am I celebrating a new year 
if it doesn't feel like there are any good days ahead. Like that's what it felt like. And it was a very depressing thought, but, but a very real one. Like it felt very factual at the time and very like, it felt like a real thing with a pulse. Like it felt so real to me. And um, I think that was kind of the start of, you know, me realizing that I needed to figure some things out. And um, I, I wrote a song about that sentiment. So it's a song on the album. I won't give the title away because I don't know if I'm allowed to, but um, yeah. So that kind of was the catalyst for um, all of that stuff, you know, that I had to dig through, you know. It's, by the way, very real. And I think that's a very real thought process for a lot of people, myself included. You know, this, and really? whether it's the top of a new year or a random Wednesday, you know, it's <laughs> the idea that like, why be happy when you don't know if happiness can come tomorrow? Um, you know, what are you celebrating? Um, but, yeah, the, but totally. and they do feel like very real feelings. I, I feel that like, like, like not, they are real feelings. Every emotion you feel is a valid emotion, but mm. it, to your point, like it feels like larger, it feels bigger, it feels tangible, you know, it feels mm -hmm, like exactly. it's staring you in the face. Totally. Yeah. It, it feels like fact, yeah. you know, and that's the thing about having, um, you know, problems with your mental health or, or a lot of insecurities or anxieties or whatever the case is, like the things that it will tell you feels so factual, you know, but now I learn like just because you have thoughts doesn't mean you have to engage with them. It doesn't mean that they're accurate. But at the time, it just felt like it was not an opinion. It was fact. Like it didn't even feel like a feeling. Um, and I mean, little did I know, I thought that was the rock bottom. And then pandemic came. I had no idea <laughs> what rock bottom really was. But at the time, you know, it was like there's nothing good to come ever again. And you were I'm right. I'm so glad that I'm not in that place. But but you were almost right, to be honest. You, you, you essentially <laughs> yeah. said, why am I celebrating? Because... I mean, millions of people are going to die and the world's going to go on pause for a year and a half. Yeah, maybe that was my intuition. Maybe I'm actually just psychic and it wasn't anxiety after all. You're, I'm starting to realize. <laughs> you're like some weird Nostradamus type deal. I've, yeah, I, maybe. I, I like maybe this narrative better than the fact that mental health is real, but it is real, real. Mm -hmm. And it should be treated the same as one's physical health and, you know, acknowledging mm -hmm. it and discussing it. But it's hard to acknowledge it, is it not? And to seek help after that moment? Absolutely. Especially, I mean... For me, because I, not especially for me, because it's equally as hard for everybody, but I'm saying in my personal like life, I have everything that anyone my age could ever want in theory. Like I have a wonderful life. I have parents who are together and love me and a great family and friends and success. And I don't have to worry about putting food on the table. Like I have everything I'd ever wanted. And so I felt so ashamed for so long of, of feeling that way because I was like, why why am I sad? I have everything, you know? And, and that is what made it even harder for me to acknowledge and say out loud because I was just, I felt so ashamed. There was so much guilt there. Um, and, and guilt is such a like stupid emotion because you can't do anything with it. It's just there. there there's, you can't solve it. It's just a feeling. It's just shame, you know? It's, it, and so I was just sitting with this guilt and shame. So um, yeah, it was hard for me at first. Um, but I realized, you know, like, your brain doesn't know what life you have. Your brain is your brain. And if there's something chemically in there, or if you got insecurities, like you're not exempt from those feelings just because you have success on paper, you know? So that's what Jeez. I have come to realize that I'm glad I have, because I'm more patient with myself now. How soon or long after New Year's Eve do you sit down to write and figure it out? It was actually a couple days later. 
um, I had a studio session booked already and I um, had this idea because I was writing this other song and I had uh, this idea for the bridge of that song where I say, I'm just going to give away a song lyric on the album, but I say, what if my best days are the days I've left behind? Um, and I was going to use that for the bridge of this other song. And my uh, producer and friend, John Levine, who was writing the song with me, he's like, you're an idiot. He's like, don't waste that lyric on a bridge. Like this is its own song. Like you need to talk about this feeling because it's too real and too like it, it calls for explanation. Like you need to, to release this emotion. So he, we, he, we sat at the piano and I was not into it at first. I was like, no, like I'm just too ashamed to say this. Like, I don't want to, I was just gonna, I wanted to hide that sentiment in another song cause I, I didn't want to address it, but he made me. And then I ended up writing this other song um, which is kind of like the midpoint of the album. Um, and, you know, that was the first time I, I realized I was feeling those things and kind of was like the impetus for me getting the help I needed, which I'm, I'm glad I, you know, I'm glad I did now in, in retrospect, for sure. You needed that push, though, to create that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I'm glad he pushed me. And I mean, he knows me. He's my friend first, so he knows what I was going through. And I think he, he knew what I needed um, before I did. So I'm glad that you know, it was with him because I was able to just be honest and like cry during the session and not feel weird about it. That's, uh, that's really important. Yeah. (laughs) Safe space to cry is (laughs) kind of vital. Yes, totally. Did you write Sweet Dream early in the morning or late at night, whichever you want to call it? Or did that happen after you finally fell asleep, woke up, you're like, okay, now I can write about this. Um, it was actually uh, throughout the night. So the times that I'm listing in the songs, uh, I don't know if you have the lyrics in front of you, but I say like, the first lyric is 4.55, like 4.55 a.m. And then uh, 6.58 and 8.31. Those were the actual times um, that it was like on the clock when I was writing. I would look over at the clock and read it. And that was the time. So it was throughout the course of this one night slash early morning where I couldn't get to sleep. So I, I wrote the song instead. basically. <laughs> so in that night, is the song done or do you like write what you think could be good and then like let it sit and then come back to it? What is it? Um, well, I couldn't even sing it out loud. I was like whisper, whisper singing it to myself. Cause, um, like I said, like I would have Liv come over sometimes when I would have like super anxious nights. Um, and, uh, so she was like asleep beside me. And so I couldn't sing it out loud. So I had to like whisper it <laughs> to myself cause I didn't want to wake her. So it wasn't until the next day where I had a session booked already anyway, um, that I like got to sing it out loud, like in the studio. And again, it was, it was with John. Um, John Levine, who I wrote the other song with. Um, and so he's like a fellow insomniac too. So he's like, oh, you got to finish this. Like, it's actually good. So I finished it. It's a great record. It's, uh, it's like really, I don't, I don't know why, like after I listened to it four times, but like by listen, like after the first listen, I, I really, it, it made me reminiscent of here just in the phrasing and the cadence and the flow. But like, I hope that's not an insult to you. Like, I don't know how you no. see your first hit single. Like, you know, people can see it differently. You know, I don't I don't know what it means, like what that song means to you. But it gave me that energy in a good way, though. Thank you. No, I, I love that song. I'm, I'm fortunate where I feel like I don't have to have like a hit song that I have to run away from or, or you know, shed over the years. I, I, I really do love that song. It's amazing. So I'm lucky enough to like my first single. <laughs> but yeah, it's like my first child. How could I not? I mean, by the way, rightfully so. It's an incredible song that is incredibly vivid and you can see the room when you're listening to it. And I got that same energy from Sweet Dream. I was, I felt like I was able to see your sleepless night. 
Oh, thanks. I hope so. I guess, yeah, it is sort of similar because it's one of those songs where I, I list events. Like here sort of lists the events and this is a similar similar way of writing. Like lyrically, it's more like dialogue and in and, and that way. So I, I could see how that makes sense. But I'm glad that's the, that's the point. That was the, you know, the reason for writing it. So hopefully it, it does that. Is insomnia something you've dealt with for a long time? Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, I have dealt with insomnia like for years and years since I was a kid I remember having to go to like psychiatrists and doctors and I, I took every vitamin on this planet um you know forever but I guess in this last year it just got amplified times a thousand and I like my anxiety just skyrocketed which caused even less sleep and then that anxiety and less sleep turned into like full-on panic attacks and like full disclosure was having like a panic attack a day for hours and hours and hours on end um like the second it would like the sun would go down i'd be in full-blown panic attack because you were nervous about not sleeping were you nervous because i wasn't sleeping yeah Yeah. you were in in, when when nightfall came you would be stressed that you wouldn't be able to sleep but that stress would keep you up Mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah there was a lot there was a lot going on but yeah it was it just got so bad so i got really frustrated and was like i need it i'm just gonna write about this because it's it became like such a real part of my life like everybody who knows me knows that i'm awake all the time like that you can text me at any time and I'm, i'll be up is this something that like the you'll stay up all day all night for like three days straight or will you eventually just knock out um now i'll knock out because i'm on the proper regimen um i take medication now which is helpful um but before like in that period of panic attacks like i'd be up for like there was a time where i was up for like three four days and did not sleep at all oh my like gosh. straight I- and like was working like it was crazy i don't even know how i was alive. It was crazy. Yeah, but your best stuff could come from those manic, uh, you know, insomniatic, nonstop moments. I don't know. TBD, mm-hmm. yeah? Yeah, at least I was productive. At least I wrote something in that time. I didn't just waste it. So that's good. I-, I had a roommate that suffered from insane insomnia, and she'd be awake for days on end, and then she'd just fall asleep at the kitchen table. Um, oh, my gosh, the worst. It was really hard. And, yeah. uh, you know, maybe cannabis, some BC Bud. Did we try it? Knock your ass out. I can't. No, I get too anxious. I, I get I that. Yeah, well, that's like, a, like you know, it, it's like a double-edged sword. It either works for you, and then you sleep, and you feel amazing, or yeah. it just heightens it, and then you just, you'll never sleep again. It's even worse. Yeah, I know. I wish I was one of those people. It's not for me. I'm just, like, too, I just, any type, like, anytime my state changes in any way, with the exception of, like, drinking. If I have a couple of drinks, it's fine. I get a little buzz. But, like, anything that changes my state of being... I freak out. I'm like, I can't get me out. Get me out. Like I had this also like a, a severe fear of like hyper awareness of my body. It's like another weird phobia I have. I have tons of phobias. One of which being like, I, if I notice that I'm in my body for too long, I'm like, get me out. Like I want to zip myself open and like jump out of myself. So anything that changes my state of mind, I'm like, <gasps> I freak out. I'm just like such an anxious mess. It's it's a disaster. Interesting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like a like a psychiatrist case or something. It's so strange. I don't get it. Yeah, as I've gotten older, I just want to be in full control at all times. And if I feel like I, mm. I'm not, I kind of start to panic. And I'm like, okay, how do I end this? And I'm like, oh, I drank. I can't just end this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's I, like you're stuck almost. Yeah, yeah you're so stuck. True. I think it has to do with control. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I'm the same way. I hate drinking, but I love Bud. Anyway, really, that's it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. We'll see. It works. It's different for everybody. Talk. Yeah, that's. I don't uh, mind a drink. 
See, you know, booze, I feel so out of control and it's just, you know, I don't know. I feel so sloppy and like I can't exist around people. <laughs> Whereas cannabis, it kind of balances me out. It brings me to a level, you know? That's yeah. good. I'm not good at either of them. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. There's like a bunch of there's like I see a giant thing of Don Julio right beside you. <laughs> Literally. Oh yeah, someone brought that to us as a gift. <laughs> and to be fair, they brought it to us, and there was only twenty five percent left, and then they drank the rest here, and then left us with the bottle. So. Oh great. Yeah. Nice. What pieces? Right. Like come on. A souvenir. Who bring? Yeah. Great. Literally, we bring you a gift. We're gonna drink it in front of you, then leave you with the garbage. That's what they that's did. All, yeah, that's awful. <laughs> but I will. Oh my god, is that even full? That's terrible. We have the best guests come garbage. to our studios. You know, oh, they okay. really, they care. Next time I'll bring you one and then I'll leave it full. <gasps> well, well, now you guys, I, neither of you drink, so never mind. You don't like drinking. <laughs> we well, can stare at the bottle together. Another True. reason I stopped drinking is it, relating to Sweet Dream is I like to stick to a very kind of strict sleeping schedule because I don't like to throw it off. And then if you drink one night, it throws off the sleeping schedule for like a week. And then that whole thing's ruined. And then you can't stop thinking about it. Then you get anxiety. Then you start getting bad. It's just like, it's just not worth it. It's a bad cycle. Yeah, I think you got to know when to stop. Like, I, I never drink to the point where I'm like, you know, insane. Like, I, I feel like I can get a little buzz. Like, I'll have like a couple glasses of wine, feel a little good. It <laughs> loosens me up. But I'm not like, I'm forgetting everything. You know, I feel like at that point, it'll be the same thing with like control. If I feel out of control, I can't. Yes. So I, I kind of know my limit. I don't. I don't like to be like drunk. You don't want to do that. Yeah. My issue is when I drink, I do drink, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and you're I, not gonna go halfway. I get no, it. You know, <laughs> you're I'm, an extremist. I'm three <laughs> bottles of Vuvin, and I'm crying to people I barely know, and it's terrible. <laughs> it's the worst. So you're like a crier. You're like a drunk crier. Recently, because I've been going through some, uh, you know, uh, spurts of depression. Um, oh, yes, no, I'm I, sorry. I, you know, everybody's going through it like i feel you yeah totally like is the sky blue like yeah i've been depressed like come on um <laughs> i'm sorry hey honestly it, music makes it better for me and then you know weirdly talking about it is a way of you know not stigmatizing it not putting it in a box and letting it kind of fester and mold uh you know exposing it to the air and discussing it actually really does help at least for me and i maybe could help for other people but yeah mm. i do i'll like i'll like cry happens no i do the same <laughs> i don't even need to be drunk to cry to people i'm genuinely just like such a crier i'm always like if you ask me how i'm doing on a bad day i'll just start bawling yo i'll wake up some mornings and if i watch the wrong thing by accident i will cry for an hour and a half the day is ruined oh no oh that sucks and you have to like talk to people and like interview people that must be so annoying well, you have know. to like be lively when you're feeling bad. It's the worst. I hate it. It you know, it is a it's a unique thing to deal with. But you've dealt every come on. Everybody puts on a face to get through the day, right? Of course. Yeah. No matter Sometimes. what scale you do it on, I feel like we kind of I guess all have to do it. But it sucks when it's filmed cuz you got to be like on times a thousand, you know. You're but. on the record ever. Uh, uh, we're all shape Also, by the way, we can even do this. We could say this off the record, but I texted you and you didn't answer me. I asked you how you were doing. Oh, I'm a piece Worst. I was like, "How are you? I just want to know how you're doing. Hope you're doing well." And you didn't even answer my text. I'm so upset. God, I texted you twice and you didn't answer. There's this other time I texted you. No, probably. We don't have to include this. No, we need to keep all. No, we need to keep all of this. There's gonna be a compilation of all the people who have texted me and I've never texted them back. No, we're keeping this. It's the worst. 
Yeah. No, no, no. Well, because the first time I figured you couldn't because you, you interviewed, you know, like Lil Michaela, oh. the computer girl. Oh, my God. And I asked I you, I was like, tell me about her. Like, who is she? Tell I didn't voice memo you about that. No. I thought I sent you. I didn't get anything unless my phone is insane. But I genuinely I... wanted to see how you're doing because I thought about you recently. But then I thought maybe you changed your number or maybe you hate me. No, I we'll just we'll just look <laughs> just at that. Kidding. Neither one, Alessia Cara. No. Neither one, I love you. I'm so sorry. Alessia, when you text someone and he doesn't answer, do you overthink it? You're like, oh, maybe something I did? Oh yeah, all the time. I'm like, oh my god, like no. am I being annoying? Now you're causing anxiety for other people, Zach. <laughs> yeah, you're causing No, no, no. I totally get it because I'm the worst texter, especially when I'm having like bad days or something i like the last thing i want to do is like look at my phone so don't even worry i i'm totally kidding with you <laughs> he's like sinking into the into the the desk i'm sorry no i love you but now, I, now I well now i'm gonna text you obsessively and it's you're gonna hate me you're gonna you're, you're i'm gonna send you voice memos and you're gonna be like wow what the f did i just sign up for my no, own version it. of a radio show no no i want it all i want all of your voice memos. lucky you you have you have no idea what's coming Let's uh, do it. Wait, so I'm ready. question: Would you think? Would you say that everybody has the potential to be a shapeshifter, or only certain people? Um. Well, it depends on what you would think is like. What would you describe a shapeshifter as? Like, as of someone who like switches up on people? Yeah, somebody who has numerous faces. Mm hmm. I think. I mean, to some degree, in a positive way, I think we all kind of have different faces. Like you have, like we were talking about, like you have yeah. your radio personality where you're more lively and then you have you know your more serious side where you go through things and I feel like we kind of we always evolve and we shape shift through life in a positive way but I do feel like there are maybe are other versions of people who um you don't really know who is the real like which one is the real them you know where you can't really distinguish like which one is the real you is it this or is it like it, I never you never really see them being one thing for too long yeah um so I guess that's his personality type. But I also think that comes with age maybe or evolving. Maybe people are in a stage where they're figuring out who they are, but, you know. You know, that's interesting though. Like like you are with somebody, but you just, you see different versions, but like you see them for so little time that you really don't even, know, like you can't even make out who the person actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, yeah, in this case it was like, like I thought I did, but then it like it ended up being something else. I'm like, which, like, was that you or did you just change? Like, who is, were you showing me some other version of you or is this the, you know, like I wasn't really sure, you know? What relationship is this? Because when I listen to it, I applied it directly to friendships, mainly because I'm a lonely person. You know, I don't have, <laughs> so I, I don't have actual relationships to, 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 to foster and build and then to lose. So uh, I compared it to friendships instantly. And mm -hmm. There have been friends in my life where you feel like you know, but then you don't know, or you, you like I don't know. You just see so many different shades. You just don't know what the real shade is. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it, yeah. That's pretty much it. It was like I just had my feelings hurt by somebody, and sort of I was like I just felt sort of tossed to the side and embarrassed in a way, and it was like, ugh, like what is going on? Um, yeah. And I, I kind of didn't really address those feelings to this person or again to myself until I wrote the song, you know, and I kind of stepped into this character um, and then I was able to like be unapologetically honest. But yeah, it's tough. It's tough because people change and like I'm also like in the phase of life where the people around me are also around the same age and we're always kind of changing. Like we're not 
fully developed yet. So people change more often, I feel like, in our age group, which can make it hard because I don't know. It's just, it's weird. And then, yeah, it's just weird. I don't know. I don't even know if I know anybody anymore. <laughs> it's so strange. Do you share this song with the person? No, like usually I do. Um, I always, like, if I write a song about somebody, I always, like, try to give them the courtesy of, like, showing them first or letting them know that it's coming out just because like they didn't choose to have their life in the public. Like I, I do, but you know, just to give them a heads up of what's coming. I, I never like to blindside people and I don't write music to expose people or like, you know, make distracts. No, I just you. talk about my feelings, but I guess in this case I didn't cause I don't really know the person anymore. So it's like kind of weird now to, to yeah. reach out. Like I only do it if it's like someone I like am still in contact with or still kind of, have like some sort of a relationship with where it it's not weird to like, you know? Yeah, I totally. Know. I, I, I understand that. So this person shifts, shape shifts, and then is out of your life? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. It's weird. It's just one of those things. Like, like I said, like we're in the age where like you make friends and suddenly like they're just like people just change so like vastly and frequently, you know? So it's kind of like, I just don't really know you anymore. How long was the friendship? How long did it last? Um, it was like pretty long, I think. Like it wasn't, we weren't like besties, but it was like pretty long. Um, and yeah, I just like, it's crazy how you just can know somebody and then you don't. Like I always think even in relationships, it's so strange how like you build a whole world with somebody and then like suddenly you're just strangers. Like that to me has never made sense to me. Like how can you know someone so well and then it just reverts back to like nothing. It's like, very strange. It's a human form of survival, right? Like emotional survival. Yeah, I guess in a sense it's it's just strange. Like I don't know. I've I've never been good with change. I've never been good with because like when I open my heart to someone, whether it's romantically or in a friendship, like I I don't take it lightly. Like I don't True. have a lot of friends. I don't have a lot of relationships romantically either. Like in any case, and so when I do that. I intend for that person to, to be in my life and to stay in my life. You know, I don't ever think like, oh, yeah, like this is nothing to me. Like, I really don't take my friendships lightly. As you know, like Liv's my best friend. Like, she's always been my best friend. I love her to death. So, you know, I get blindsided and it hurts, you know. So just because other people might not see you the same way. Like, I always struggle with like, I think I maybe sometimes put more importance on people than they do for me in a sense. And it's like, ah, oh, that sucks. Like, because I don't take it lightly you know it's like and i just wasted all this time on this person and now we're just nothing like it hurts it really hurts me i'm like not good with change in that way i have never resonated with something more in my life like i want to tattoo really? this whole soliloquy monologue you just gave on my forehead uh, i mean yeah. i hate that right isn't it the worst i i am incredibly emotional and very sensitive and i know you know i i have very select friends that have been with me for a very long time and there's a level of openness and honesty and vulnerability. And like, once I open my heart to you and I bring you in, like there's nothing is off the limits. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're either like a hundred percent in or not like, and the friends that I have in my life, like the select few at this point, like they've been my friends 11, 12 years, you know, my, my, my best, my, my best friend has 10 years, 10, between 10 and 12 years for all of them, you know? So, uh, to lose one or for them to just, all of a sudden everything changed. I mean, it hurts. And maybe yeah. throughout that time, like you said, like I definitely put more importance on the relationship because I think I have less friends than other people in my circle. I mm -hmm. think I, because I have less, I choose to share more heavily. 
rely on them a little bit more heavily, but in some cases they rely on me too, uh, very heavily. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know, but I'm going to re-listen to that one and make it my <laughs> ringtone. Yeah, man, it's the worst. It really, it's like, yeah, it's a, God. I feel like there, there's one thing I've learned out of the, I mean, a few things I've learned. One of those things would be like, you can't expect you from other people, yes. you know? And like, I feel like once that clicked for me, like I said that to myself one day and I'm like, that's, I should like think about this more often. Cause I often do, like I expect other people to do for me what I would do for them, or I'd expect them to react how I would react. And it's like, you can't expect you from other people and you can't love someone into loving you back. You can't like, you know, if so, you just can't, you can't expect yourself from others. Um, and I feel like once I started thinking about that, I realized like I, I stopped like taking so much to heart. Um, but for a while it was like, oh, you know, cause they, it's like, you, you almost feel tricked. You're like, why would you, you started this and now you left me in this mess. So, but yeah. We can go on and on about uh, that, but I, that's a that's a whole other therapy session. Yeah, <laughs> so. I mean, I might Venmo you because, yes. uh, <laughs> like, what? I've had more breakthroughs in this conversation than I've had with the two therapists I've been seeing every <laughs> week for the last, like, two months. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I'm yeah, honored. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're getting something out of it. Oh, man. Finally, yeah. progress. This is what progress feels like, and it's free. Wow. Mm, yes, exactly. Damn. We should, maybe we should, we should, we should text more. Yeah, we, <laughs> you, you just opened up a box that you're going to want to yeah. tape close real quick, yo. <laughs> I promise I won't. Why did you decide to release two songs at once instead of just the one? Um, cause I feel like I'm an album artist. I've always, like, relied really heavily on, like, my full body of work you know, to represent my art as a whole. And so when I was like looking at this whole project, I was like, well, what song like do I want to put out first to introduce the whole body of work? Like what's the theme in this body of work? Um, Cause I always feel like the first th song people hear should be representative of the whole project. And so when I was listening to the whole track list, I realized that there was like two sort of themes. There was like a, a running thread and there was like two ends of that spectrum and like each song kind of fell into either end of that spectrum. So there's like the darkness and like the hard parts of my life in the last year. And then the breakthroughs and the growth and the acceptance and the healing that came from that. So um, I felt like two songs um, would be best like, cause it, they represent each of those things. So shapeshifter kind of represents that acceptance that we were talking about. Like you can't expect you from other people. It doesn't feel like, Oh, poor me. It feels like this happened. Oh, well, wish you the best. Bye. And then uh, Sweet Dream is like, you know, more of that feeling stuck, that feeling lost and all of that like hardship I had to go through to get to that breakthrough. So um, it's like a yin and yang sort of thing. Um, and like duality is a is a huge theme on this project. So I felt like two things would make sense for duality. Oh, I need this album. How many songs? <laughs> How many songs? So I'm still narrowing it. I think about 17 18 oh, i'm figuring it out that no, might that thick. number might change she is meaty yes yeah it's gonna be a meaty one well I, I haven't released an album in like three years so like might as well give them like a nice a nice big body of work just feed me feed me yes do you have a date in your mind as... i will i hope you like it i'll maybe i'll, I'll send it to you before tell me if you, you like won't it. answer shut up <laughs> or, or you won't answer yeah maybe i'll let, get left on red Who no knows? I, pr I promise you never I'm know <laughs> joking no. i'm joking you know joking. i don't i don't want to make this about me but like let's make it about you me then <laughs> now i'm like i'm now like focused on like what makes me sad 
you need to, if you ever need my stories for music, you let me know because, uh, you know, my stuff is pretty crappy. Try oh, telling man. your best friend of 11 years that you think you're in love with them. <gasps> yes. Did that happen? That happened. I did it. But were you actually in love with them or did you just think you were? I, looking back, I just think I was, or like it was, it was totally fleeting, very, 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 very minuscule emotions that like they essentially forced out of me through pressure and I don't oh, deal no. with that type of pressure very well. I give emotionally impulsive responses very easy and, you know, and what they were accusing me of that led to the, that answer was something connected to another thing in my life that is not being in love with them, but saying that to them still has its own effects you know yeah did they reciprocate i'm sorry i'm now i'm interviewing you you don't have to answer this <laughs> i brought it up uh no they obviously are not in love with me no. <laughs> not obviously um very clearly. So, but are you guys like still good now like did that sort of blow over i don't know tbd or? we're supposed to talk today for the first well okay so there's also oh, this was recent not really dad's oh, annoyed okay. by it because it's impacted by every day no. Everything about this this show has been impacted by this uh, confession. I'm so sorry that the, oh, that's, wait, I need you to, sorry, I'm interrupting. Go ahead. No. no. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, no, uh, you know, I told them, I think back in April, and we w went on a road trip and did a bunch of other stuff after that, and then like maybe a month and a half ago, a month ago, they resurfaced. And we're like, actually, like, I have a problem with this. So, like, uh, we lived a bunch of life, like, talking to them every day, doing the normal stuff. And now they have an issue with it. So they were, like, holding it in. Yeah. Almost. I mean, we That's drove so 20 funny. hours together in a car and they held it in. Well, we and fought. They held it in. We, we fought pretty intensely on our way up. but In the car? Yeah. Oh, man. It happens. Anyway. Ugh. We'll talk well, today. I hope that that gets sore. At least you know that you're not, because that could have been worse if you still were in love with them, because yes. then that could have ruined everything. But as long as you are not, then it's just a misunderstanding, right? A hundred percent. And my biggest thing is like losing my best friend. So totally. Like that's like the hardest part. Uh, but let's see. Fingers crossed. You know. Fingers crossed. Oh my goodness. I'm sure it'll be. I mean, you guys have 11 years of friendship before this, so you can you can get through it. I think. Uh, Knock on wood, I'll text Knock you and let you know how it goes. Yeah, text me, text me back. Let me know <laughs> how it goes. <laughs> uh, would I recommend admitting to your best friend that you think you're in love with them? Uh, probably not. You know, don't you know? Unless, unless, unless you really are genuinely, deeply, passionately in love with them, and you mm -hmm. can't live another day without them, then you got to tell them. But uh, I made a mistake. But that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I, I think in the moment it was true to you, right? As long as you're not like, wah, marry me or something. You're just being no. honest about how you feel. I think it's better because if because if you really were in love with them and then they didn't reciprocate, that could potentially ruin it. Oh. You know, but yeah. because you're not, it, it feels more like uh, mendable. Is that a word? Totally. Mendable? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking to heal <laughs> yeah. this. Well, I'm either going to heal or I'm just going to get rid of the friendship forever. So it's, No, don't do that. I either heal or flee. I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> don't I, I, flee. I've been, don't I, flee. Dan wants no. me to flee. Dan's like, what are you doing? This person's a loser. He said that the other day. Oh, so you're in a, oh, so there's more to this story. So Dan is not a fan of this person. I know. I like this guy. This whole situation is uh, is affecting everything we do.
It's, so it's, you just you want him to flee because you don't want to. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want it to affect anything. So like, get it out of our lives. We got a, more important, bigger things to focus on. Um, I don't care about this situation anymore. <laughs> no, uh, I think there's another way that it could be solved without fleeing the scene and without losing your best friend. Well, Maybe you just gotta talk it out. Let's let's see. I, let's see. <laughs> Well, pass it on to me if you want. You don't have to. If Dan doesn't want to hear about it, you can text me. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'm telling you, you're about to get like pass a whole. On the burden. <laughs> you're gonna get like this whole underground voice memo style show that is like, I mean, I love it. it's 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 sad. Alessia, you need to Venmo request him after this interview for yeah. the hour of therapy you just provided. You can invoice me. <laughs> <laughs> no, are you kidding me? Well, because all of this is like from my own session. So really, we should be paying whoever's dealing with this going on in my head. But, um, but are, are, yeah. yeah, like you're right. Like, so you're just passing advice that you got from your therapist or you've discovered on your own? Um, a bit of both. Well, I mean, like the you can't expect you from other people thing was is something I had to learn the hard way from like going through all these situations. But, um, you know, like I've, I've learned so much from therapy on like how to handle conflicts and like how not to run from problems. Cause I do that. I tend to like flee or like ignore or brush under the rug, but yes. like, it's fine. Get over it. Like I get over things like so fast, but then I'm not actually getting over them. They're like in here and then they come out in other ways, you know? Um, so you gotta like, you can't flee. You gotta like get it out there. Even if it's uncomfortable, you know, that's what I learned. You there. can't flee duality that is this new album that you're, you're given dark well it, it, it's not dark and light but it's just two sides of who you are dark and, what, dark and less dark, dark, and less dark. <laughs> yeah dark and a little less dark yeah um yeah it's like i always i like to describe it as like two sides to one coin you know the coin is me and it's my brain and it's this era but there's two sides of the same thing two sides to one person i feel like we're multifaceted, you know and there's like there's like a thread that runs through us and there's, you know, you can't have one side without the other sort of thing. You can't have good without bad or bad without good. So, um, yeah, this is kind of a story of both, you know, because there's a lot of good and bad in this year um, that kind of happened to me. So put it all in a, in one project. Have you named it yet? The album? I have. Yeah, I can't say yet because I'll definitely get in trouble. I don't want to get yelled at. But uh, maybe next time if we do another interview Please. closer to the date, then I'll say it. Uh, yeah, please come for album time or whenever you want. Like open door policy or open Zoom, I guess whatever the f this is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, open link policy. I don't know. Whatever, we'll connect and come on our show whenever you want. I mean, it, we're always here. Truly, truly, truly. Uh, I'm excited. Album. Do you have a season? Do you have a date when you want it to come out? Um. Yeah, I think it'll be like early fall, around like late summer, early fall. Let's say early fall more like i feel like okay that's when it'll end up coming out but i don't have like an exact date yet um yeah beautiful perfect when you're in california come sit on our couch so we can talk will you ever come back yes to california are you kidding me i want to so bad i love it there i know a lot of people like have their qualms about la but maybe because i don't live there i enjoy it like i the weather's awesome the food is great like i love hanging with you guys i don't know i enjoy la are you in toronto is that where your place is Mm -hmm. yeah i'm in toronto uh, it's my place is in the city, but then I also stay with my parents in the suburbs. I like kind of go back and forth. That's like the life I dreamed of having growing up in New Jersey, right outside of Manhattan. Like I'd like go to Manhattan for work and I'd come home to New Jersey and I'd go back to New Jersey every night and I dream like one day I'm going to live in New York city. Never happened. Now I live in the city called LA. Well, you, you like it. I mean, it's a fine place. I, you know, I have, I, I, I got, I'm 
I have like one group of friends, like that's been my family for 12 years, that are here. So, and they're the reason why I was able to survive the last year, truly, truly. Um, so I'm grateful that they're here and then like Dan's here. So like, that's cool. Um, but like, it's not, it's not the East coast, you know, it's, it's not the beautiful clean city that is Toronto. That's true. That's true. I guess, I mean, every place has its like good things and bad things, pros and cons, I guess maybe because I don't live in LA, I don't have to deal with the mix and like so much of the people I kind of just am in and out and I'm there on my own time. So I feel like I get the vacation qualities of LA. Yes. I mean, I still work when I'm there, but I don't have to like deal with LA. It's not life. Yeah. It feels more like a temporary place. I don't know if I could call it home. So I get that, but come to Toronto. If you guys are ever in Toronto, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but please let me know. I've been to Toronto around the city. I've been there a couple of times. Uh, I want to go back. It really is. It is spectacular. It so is Vancouver. Canada's a great place. Now the vaccines are rolling out everywhere, right? A lot of people are getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you- thank God. I finally got my uh, my second. I actually oh. got my second vaccine in LA too. I was there recently. Really? And uh, yeah, I was there like um, last month to shoot some music videos. Wink, wink. Um, and uh, yeah, like you, you guys are doing them like at Ralph's. Oh like, yeah, they, yeah. They do them anywhere. Here you have to like go to like medical centers and no. wait for months. It's crazy. No, if you if you have a face and you could go to CVS, or if you have an arm and you could go to a grocery store, <laughs> we'll shove one of these suckers in you. And we don't care. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. It's so good. And you don't I'm, need to even call cool ahead. You guys have that. You just, I mean, come on. It's the American way. Excess. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what I love. It's- I love the idea of you winning Grammys, being on these big stages, being this big star, and you're just going back to live with mom and dad. I love it. Yeah, oh, thank you. I love oh, it. Oh, yeah, it's the best. It's the best. I always, I always end up coming there. That's like the home base no matter where I go in the world. It's awesome. Why wouldn't you? I mean, I live in an Italian family. My mom cooks for me. Uh, She makes the best food. I have my my dog. Uh, Why wouldn't you stay with family? Can you pronounce your your full last name? Yeah. Oh, do you guys want to try saying it first? That would be fun. Yeah, hold on. Let me pull this up real (laughs) quick. And then I'll give it to you. Alessia Caracciolo? Close. Caracciolo? Alessia Caracciolo. Caracciolo. Yeah, that's what I, Alessia. That's pretty close. You guys got the ch sound because a lot of people say like caracciolo. It's caracciolo. Caracciolo. It's almost yeah. like a silent I. Yeah, it's a silent I. But you guys got the, I'm surprised you got the two C's correct because not everybody does. Alessia caracciolo. Car- Alessia yeah, caracciolo. if you want to say it the real Italian way, it's caracciolo. Oh, look at that. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> Can you guys roll your R's? No. C- C- oh. Say that again. Caracciolo. Caracciolo. Eh. Caracholo with an L. Caracholo. Nope, can't do it. Oh, <laughs> That's terrible. Damn. I take whatever I said back. Please. <laughs> no, that was great. <laughs> Listen to Sweet Dream and Shapeshifter. Link in the description below. Alessia Cara, you are a remarkable human being, incredibly special, and I'm about to text you. Uh, thank you for hanging out. Yes. Love it. Appreciate Please do. you. Thank you. Thank Later. you guys so much. I'll come visit you soon, hopefully. Perfect. In person. We wish. Hey, beautiful human, you made it through our conversation with Alessia Cara. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I really appreciate it. Listen to her two new records and keep an eye out for that album that hopefully will be coming by the fall. But uh, for now, please be safe, hug your family if you can, and don't go to jail. Have a great day. We'll talk soon. Peace and love.